Hey everybody, welcome to the Preacher Chick Podcast. I am your host, the Preacher Chick. I'm Stacy, and I'm excited to bring to you today a friend of mine and to have a conversation about something that I think we in the church have really mishandled and um, not put the right emphasis on it. We've put the wrong emphasis on it. And so we're going to talk about singleness and um, that it's not it's not a sin. <laughs> this is my friend, Zach. And um, Zach, tell us a little bit about yourself. So my name is Zach Thayer. I am the son of two pastors, Francis and Angela Thayer. When my dad was alive, he was a prison chaplain. And then my mom has done a variety of roles, either as the pastor's wife, you know, like you, that mm-hmm. can be look like anything, right? right? Mm-hmm. Pastor's spouse, I should say. <laughs> well, in her case, she was the pastor's right. wife, so it's okay. <laughs> um, but she's been a kid ministry director, um, either both working under another kid's pastor. And like when we, when, when we lived in Oklahoma, she ran the kindergarten first grade service. Our mm-hmm. church was just that big that they put the kindergartens and first graders as their yeah. own thing. So she was over that. She's mainly kids ministry. She's been a preschool ministry director, nursery director, oh. uh, seniors ministry director at our church. Basically now <laughs> uh, she's in charge of the kitchen. She has her own home group and she's a, uh, she's a, a sounding board for other pastors wives <laughs> to <laughs> dump there, be like, we're dealing with this. And mom is able to speak wisdom and life yeah. into yeah. those Your situations. Mom's pretty amazing. Yeah. So I'm their kid. My brother is Nathaniel. He's an adult with disabilities. And so there's a, a lot of stuff with that that I could talk about. Um, and my job, I'm in ministry now. I didn't grow up hating the ministry or hating Hallelujah. God, <laughs> hating the church. I Every, pa- every pastor's <laughs> prayer for their children. Right. It's like I saw a meme. Have you seen that meme where it's it said like, Pastor's kids are either Captain America or Deadpool. <laughs> or it's like every PK, those are your two destinies. You're either like, you just hate, you're just, oh, ara- you just X-rated, you hate the church, or like you're super good. I uh, kept on the good path, but then I have a little bit of Deadpool in me. <laughs> I'm not, like in terms, not in terms of oh, no, no, no. I immorality, just, no. but in terms of like. Sense of humor. Honoriness and. Yes. and you know, like I have a dark uh, sense of humor. Like, well, like what, what, let's just go there for a second. Okay. What are you known for in, um, acting at camp? Okay. <laughs> so this doesn't really come out anymore, no, but, but growing up, this is I, a huge insight to your personality. Yes. <laughs> growing up, I, cause when you're in middle school, high school, you're trying to find a thing to, that you're known for yeah. that people like you for. Yeah. You know, we're, everybody's on a journey of validation, right? So some people, you're the athlete. Some people, you're the, the comedian. Some people, you're the cool guy or you're the musician. I didn't do any of those paths. <laughs> so I went sort of comedian, but like more less on the stand-up one-liner side and more on like he'll do anything crazy side. So like I was the kid who I remember at one time the youth pastor was like, Hey, eat that bug. And I did it. (laughs) You know what I mean? And something I would do at camp that pastor Stacy's referring to is I pretended to be demon possessed at camp. And it, it became a thing where like, it wasn't even that like we didn't do like this dark. No thing but it was mainly like I would run around in all fours and make animal noises and like be foaming at the mouth and what we would do the the camps in Oklahoma at their old campground they were perfect for this because they were these cabins with six rooms three on each side and then there would be a community bathroom that connected all of them oh my okay so what we would do is like when everyone's back in their room if you don't have your door locked somebody from another room can just straight up go in there and so <laughs> what we would do is like I and we would my room of friends would follow me and they would let me into other rooms and I would mm-hmm. like just scare the middle schoolers <laughs> that were in there. Now, I originally kept it to like just the middle schoolers from our church. But then I remember the first there was one year where I did it to our middle schoolers the first year. And to be fair, they 
started it <laughs> in, the, in the sense <laughs> that like I remember our high schoolers we came back in and we had a bunch of missing stuff oh and our youth pastor like there was like clothes missing and stuff like that and we knew the middle schoolers had taken it and our youth pastor came in and it was something that I had done before that I was known for I remember I said Ryan you could either go in there and give them a lecture that takes like 30 minutes or I could go in there and take care of it right now. (laughs) And he knew what I was talking about. And he was like, yeah, that would be funny. Let's do it. And so he lets me in. And I remember the lights were out. Like the kids were about to go to bed and I crawl. And so imagine like you're about to go to bed and your door opens and you just see something crawl in and it shuts. And then I hopped in a bed And the kids started screaming, and I was hopping from bed to bed, just shaking them and making noises. And then I found the kid that took the stuff, and I got in his face and, you know, ran away. And then I remember we were out and about at the camp the next day, and a youth pastor from another church who was in that room, he, you know, he heard a bunch of kids screaming the night before, and he was like, what was going on last night? (laughs) And then we have to explain like, okay, so I do this thing where I pretend (laughs) to be a demon possessed person. And then he said, can you do that to my boys tonight? (laughs) I was like, sure, I don't care. And so then it just became a thing. So yeah, yeah, that's, and then I've told that story to students that I'm friends with. And I did it one time at our camp in a completely different context, and it didn't last that long. Yeah. But we were playing flipper dare, and they made me do it, so I ran around the. That was, I think, that was when we actually was it? really met. Like, was, was flipper I was dare. an admin that year, or I was a dean? I don't remember. Okay, but it was Ty's first year of camp. My oh, <laughs> okay. And we were doing flipper dare. So for and people who Jake, don't know that, it was when the bottle flipping was like when the that big was thing, huge, and, and we would sit around the table at camp. Leaders, right? Sit around the table <laughs> at camp. If I land this, you have, have to. to Blah, 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 blah. And and Jake, mm-hmm. our friend Jake. Pastor That's Jake. how I met Jake, too, was yeah. playing okay. Flipper Dare. Well, and he, what he did was, if I land this, Zach, you have to go to Stacy's kid. And he was sitting in the corner booth Just at by the cafe. Himself. <laughs> no, he was with somebody. And you, he had he said, Jake's Jake's challenge was that you had to say, I'm Thayer the Slayer, and I'm here for your soul. <laughs> and you did the whole creepy crawl right. over to him. And we're dying. And I can remember Ty. I mean, it was his first year of teen camp. <laughs> And he like slumped down year. in the booth until he was like squeezed against the wall in the in the seat as you were like lur- like lurching over him, screaming right. that and it was hysterical. And he remembers it and laughs about it. And you oh, know, now he funny. goes to car school. So. Right, <laughs> going to car school. <laughs> I, but I think that was really our first real introduction. That's funny to one another. And you know, that was the year that I also had to lick the. The gym floor at camp. Oh wow! You had to. Yeah. You were the one. One of the ones you had to do that one. I had to do that. Yeah. <sighs> Man, and now we, now we can't play that game anymore. <laughs> oh, COVID. Uh, yeah, right. COVID, and Listen, also we shouldn't have been licking the. Gym <laughs> my favorite I one. Lick it, my tongue barely barely touched it. Like that's disgusting. My but. favorite flipper dare that I saw was, and it wasn't even that big of a deal. I think it's just more just watching them do it. And it was Dustin Barker. He, we, there was one dare that kept floating, but that no one had a chance to do. And it landed on Dustin and he had the, we called it clearing the gym, which is where you had to go into the gym at camp and tell everybody to get out. But like nobody Nobody. listened to him. (laughs) So he was just going around and he was, he was genuinely trying, but no student (laughs) took him seriously. It was just so funny to watch. Oh my God. And then I remember the the, what made it, some people did dares that I'm not going to talk about on this podcast, <laughs> but, and I that's what kind of ended it. But okay, I remember I wasn't there was a part one. Of those then because I don't. Remember. I'll tell you some stories. <laughs> I'll tell you stories off mic. Uh, um, but there was one that made me laugh too, where Josh Heinzman had to steal. That you know, at camp they have all these college booths, right? And <laughs> Josh walked to one of the booths and took one of their signs and just walked out with it. And the guy, the the student, he freaked. Like, they had no sense of humor about it. Like, they freaked out at him. I'm like, bro, it's a sign. Okay, and we so- didn't hurt it. We Like, he would have given it back, like, without you 
yelling at him yeah. about it. Like yeah. he was go- he was going to give it back. And it like, was just a game, right? Okay, so that I don't know if it was the same year, but the one year that we were playing, um, Lydia. Schmidgall, Lydia Peoples. Okay, Lydia. two two things that happened that year okay. with her because I mean, first of I all, I remember one Lydia's of the dares. Amazing. Okay? I remember one of the dares. I one. So, I'm curious so, what one okay, you're going to tell. Okay, here's two. These are the two. So one was she had to steal candy from the camp store, oh, and I think Travis okay. was in the camp store that year and was like, "What's happening?" You know, and obviously she took it back, right. but she had to go in and steal. And then the other ones. Okay, so. I don't want, like, we have a great campground, uh-huh. right? But sometimes the fountain outside of um, the AC, outside the activity center is is not, I mean, it's 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 not always, it's always fresh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's sitting, it's I just mean, water, water sitting, right? right? I mean, it's got the fountain, so it's that, but it's not always, you know, whatever. And she had to stick her face in it. Oh, okay. The one dare I remember of her was... This was when Eric and Liz Hoffman were mm-hmm. district youth directors, and somebody gave Lydia a <laughs> cup of cheese, a melted cheese. Do you oh, remember no. this? And she had to put it in yes. her mouth, and yes. she walked up to Liz Hoffman and said, "Is this something in my teeth?" <laughs> and it's like yes. pork. Re- and somebody <laughs> took a video of her doing it, and there's this amazing image of Liz Hoffman grabbing a plastic knife, <laughs> like yes. ready to shank her, like get away from well, me. Liz, don't play either, right? So <laughs> that's amazing. Oh man! Oh my gosh! So that's how we. Yes, where <laughs> and it's that's like your personality. just having fun and like not my like my sense of humor is like I'm not. It's not really pranks. It's just it's just picking on people, teasing people, being silly in public. Sure, but my. Like, I, it's not really pranks because I don't do things to make other people. My sense of humor is I don't want to make other people look stupid. No. I just want to. Have a good time. Yeah, have a good time <laughs> and, like, give people secondhand embarrassment or, like, sure. make them, like, Cringe feel uncomfortable. A bit. Right, feel uncomfortable. <laughs> right. No, I totally, totally get that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I want to talk about you several months ago. Uh, you did a series of posts mm-hmm. on on social media um, on things that, as a single adult, you heard things that have been said directly yes. to you, um, and uh, that really triggered um, quite the conversation um, on your social media stuff. Yeah. And it was then that I was like, "This is a conversation we need to have because I feel like in the church, um, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to different things, look, I mean, um, take a take out the." the part of the equation where I'm a woman in ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I've heard too many stories of churches that that wouldn't hire a single youth pastor or children's mm-hmm. pastor because, well, they how do they know how to minister to kids if they don't right. have kids? Or fears that just run the gamut, right? Sure. Or they don't want to hire a lead pastor who's single or who doesn't have kids. Right. Or, you know, all of these things. Or somebody under a certain age. We have all of these crazy... Um, and when I'm saying we, I'm meaning like the church. I'm not talking about like one congregation sure. or, you know, the assemblies of God. I'm talking about the church. This yeah. is because it's that's, right. Um, but that's something that we just have not as the church done well with, yeah. you know, where like kind of getting a little bit ahead, I think in the conversation, Paul said it, um, where it was better to remain single. <laughs> yeah. Right. Now, if you can't remain single, then get married and do what you need to do. But right. You know, if you're single, you have the ability to be more available mm-hmm. and things like that. So we've just so gotten it wrong. So, um, like, I guess, help me out. Get us started on this conversation a little bit, yeah. like, where you're coming from. Sure. So <clears throat> to give context to anybody listening, I'm 28 years old. I've had technically two long-term I would say serious relationships where at the time of me dating that individual, I thought we were going to get married. One of them was college and I was not in a place to be making that decision and neither was she, but that's, that was our thought process was we're heading toward marriage. One was within the past two or three years and we were both in a good spot, but we ultimately decided that our lives were going in different directions vocationally. So we ended the relationship uh, simply put, uh, she felt she feels the call to overseas missions. I don't, mm-hmm. and it was hard, but it was the right decision. Yeah. So, I've had 
not a ton of dating experience outside of that. You know, it's not like, like I remember I was thinking about this as we were talking beforehand in high school, I didn't date at all. Same. You know, I, and it was one of those things where it's like people in our youth group dated obviously, but I had received and, and internalized the message that dating as a teenager was a waste of time. Okay. That's okay. the message I internalized. So I was friends with girls, but never asked any of them out on a date. Never, like my first kiss wasn't even until I was 20. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? I just, that I never engaged in any kind of romantic or physical mm-hmm. things, right? So in college, I, <laughs> I heard somebody... <laughs> Well, and you went to a Bible college. Right, a Bible college where... <laughs> where that's the whole thing, right? You go right. there, you get an education, you're, you find your spouse. You're supposed to find your spouse, right. And But here's the thing, though, is I didn't know, okay, you tell me not to date, cool, but then you want me to date now and I don't know how. Right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and so I didn't, like, I didn't even know how to express interest in a girl, right? Yeah. And I feel like... I don't even have a, I, I felt, I feel like even now I don't, I didn't know really how to do that well until I was north of 25. Wow. Okay. You know what yeah, I mean? Okay. Where it's like, I know how to do that now. And I feel confident in myself. Like if there is a girl I'm interested in, I know how to just be straight up with her and yeah, be like, how to approach. right. Yeah. I know not to say that, like, I'm going to get every girl I'm interested right. in, but I know how to do it and not, and not be weird about it. <laughs> <laughs> right. But in college, the only girl I really dated was, it was one of those things where we liked each other immediately. So there was no like, does she like me? Do yeah. you like me? Like we met each other and then we hung out every day for a month. And then uh-huh. people were like, what's going on between you two? And they're like, Oh, uh, and then, we was like, so what is going on between us? <laughs> and it's like, I like you. I like you too. Okay, well, let's date. And even though neither of us really knew what that yeah. meant, right? So I would say that's one thing that I, and this might be a society thing as a world, but definitely from the church, it's like teaching, you want us, you want young people to date and get married, but you never teach them how. You just tell them, the things not to do. Seriously, though, that's so true. It's like, hey, don't. And we don't even teach, and even at that, we don't even teach, like, in a healthy manner, why those things are the on the not to do list. Right. We just say don't. Right. And we don't. <laughs> we don't teach a healthy view of that, mm-hmm. even from a biblical standpoint. Right. We just because I grew up in the true love waits generation. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I I get it. We've just so gotten this wrong. Right. So, <clears throat> um, okay. So then. You kind of did a little bit where you talked a little bit about, you know, the dating in high school versus college and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. I mean, I'm not, I I shouldn't say I didn't date in high school, but I didn't really like, first of all, I, my mom and dad, I'm a pastor's kid too. And, and and not, am I, not only am I, how do I want to say this? I'm a pastor's kid, even though for most of my formative years, my dad was not a credential holder. Mm. Um, let his he let his credentials go in the early eighties and then he didn't it wasn't until about the early two thousands that he reinstated his license and then was ordained in twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen. Um, but but I grew up with that and that home life. You mm-hmm. know, we my dad may not have been in vocational ministry, but we very much function <laughs> as <Right>. a ministry <laughs> family. But what what I was getting at is even though my dad grew up assemblies of God, my mom grew up holiness Pentecost, but my dad grew up holiness. Pentecost Assemblies of God. So there were certain things that just didn't happen. There Mm -hmm. were certain things, you know, so I can remember the first time I got my hair cut really short, (laughs) how hard that was on my dad, Um, going to homecoming for the first time, how hard that was on my dad. Um, So dating, I wasn't allowed to date until I was 16. I was, I could, I could group date, which that was just you and friends hanging out, boys and girls mixed. Right. Um, But when I, you know, when I was 15, but even at 16, I think I maybe had crushes on guys, but I had a guy who actually attended the church I pastor now mm-hmm. as a friend then. And I thought, look, 
where your viewpoint was dating's a waste as a teenager. That was what you were kind of ingrained in you. Mm -hmm. Mine was dating is what leads you to marriage. So I'm not just going to date anybody. Mm. And like no casual <laughs> dates or coffee well, like, dates. Because like, like, well, I mean, when I was 14, 15, even 16, it probably was a little more immature than that. But overall it was, yeah. And so then I had this friend that I just really looked up to was just, a, a great godly guy, even at, you know, mm -hmm. in high school. And so then my bar was, if you don't measure up to him, you're not mm -hmm. worth my time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, I and I that. told him that at one point, I'm like, listen, I know that we're not going to be together, but you're like my, you're my measuring tool, mm -hmm. you know? And if a guy doesn't match up with, with him, I'm, you could be my friend, but that it weren't, I'm not even going to entertain anything right. else, you know? Um, but I just think that, I just find it really interesting that, you know, your your take was dating as a teenager is pointless. And that's, I don't know that that's completely wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think it's completely wrong to have that mindset. But, but I also, do. how do you develop the skills? Right. Because then you Even get just plopped at, You get dropped off at Bible college and everybody <clears throat> is immediately pairing up or trying to. Right, right. And I'm like, I have no idea how to navigate. I know how to navigate friendships with women. I don't know how to move beyond that. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, yeah. you know, I had that one relationship in college. It crashed and burned epically. <laughs> it was, it's a huge story that we can get into. I don't mind talking about it, but it was just oh. an unhealthy relationship. Epic like yelling at each other kind of breakup, okay. right? And where, you know, you're mad and it's like, all right, you don't exist to me anymore, right? Wow. Like one of those breakups. Yeah. Wow. And then that was the summer before my senior year of college. And so I'm a senior in college and I'm like, okay, I'm about to graduate. This is my last year of college. One, I want to have as much fun as possible. Two, I need to do well enough in my classes to actually graduate. <laughs> Three, I need to figure out what I'm doing when I graduate <laughs> college. And then four, this may be the last time I'm ever able to find a spouse, but I still don't really know how to date. Wow. <laughs> you know, that's a lot of pressure, though. Right? It it was so. My senior year did end up being one of my most fun years wow, in great. college. So thankfully, I got that done. Uh, I did get good grades. I didn't just pass. I did get good grades outside of Schmidley's philosophy class. I got a C, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I had, so a mutual friend, Bobby B, you know him. I do. So he was talking to me about, uh, the Bible department and he was asking me about Schmidley who's in, in charge of it. And I'm like, yeah, I remember Schmidley. He's the only person that gave me two C's in my entire college career. <laughs> he just had my number. And he wasn't a bad teacher. It was just philosophy and I did not get along. Tough. And that's like literally the rest of my report cards, A's, B's, and then two C's. And you're like, well, what are they? Two philosophy classes. Okay. So, but yeah, I so I did well in school my senior year. I didn't really make a plan for after college <laughs> and some people need to hear that Zach. because right. <laughs> look where you are now right. i know everything worked out it's fine i got a job doing what i love making social media content for the illinois district and it's great yeah. but and then i went on one coffee date my senior year and you know sweet girl but she wasn't one i wasn't clear about my intentions okay because i didn't know how to be mm -hmm. And I, let's be real, I wasn't brave enough to do Okay, it, to, all right. You know, so it's, one, I didn't know how to, even if I didn't know how, would I have ex well, clearly expressed. I yeah. think she did know that I liked her, just because I kept trying to talk to her, and I, I'm like, she's smart enough, like, she knows, but um, whether it was because I didn't clearly express it or she wasn't interested, um you know, me and her after that one coffee date, nothing else yeah. happened. And then I graduate college and it's like, okay. Um, one, I feel for the first three years after college, I'm working part time at my, at a church and I'm doing freelancing here and there trying to figure out adulting. And 
and I still live in this area, even though I just have a full-time job now the past three years. So the six years that I've been out of college outside of one serious girlfriend, and I haven't had a ton of dating simply because there's nobody that I'm interested in. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? No, I get that. And so for me, it's like, okay, I'm living in Southern Illinois. There's, there's really only been two girls that I've been interested in my entire post-college life. Went on two dates with one, had a year-long relationship with the other. And so when people are like, well, why aren't you dating or why aren't you married or do you plan on getting married? It's like, you know, there's some prereqs <laughs> like, <laughs> before I get married. Like I have to even find somebody that I'm interested in and then they have to feel the same yeah, way about me. Sure. Right? Yeah. And, you know, and I think that's something that a lot of people who get married to their high school sweethearts or their college sweethearts have a hard time wrapping their head around is like how small the dating pool becomes once you're not in a school system anymore. No, that makes sense. I mean, I don't think I think about it, but I think you're right. Right. Because you're in high school and college, you're surrounded by a Mm -hmm. ton of people in your stage of life Mm -hmm. and you're making those big decisions for your adult life. And so once you get out of that environment, it's like, okay, most of my friends are married people with families. You know what I mean? So it's like, why aren't you dating anybody? I'm like, there's not that many people that I know that are even in this stage of life, and I'm not interested in any of them. Wow. You know? (laughs) Okay, so let's jump from that. I mean, it's not not a huge jump, but let's go from that to when you made those posts about... Mm. About this stuff. Yeah. This is the stuff you made posts about. Do what you want was, to go over every single one um, or? I, we can. Yeah. I, I, I don't necessarily. I'll I don't give think the backstory of I how just, these posts yes. became. And then, and then the real issue is like, or not the real issue. The real question is, what was the response? Was it more of a uh, backlash? Was sure. it, you know, what, what was the response? <laughs> I'm down to talk. You know? I, I'm really want to talk about this with you in particular. So I don't know. I guess that's a good so, thing. So <laughs> yeah. So I graduated college in 2015 and didn't date anybody until 2019. Okay. And that was when I got into a long-term relationship mm-hmm. and then me and her broke up at the end of 2020. And then I didn't date anybody for a year and then I went on two dates with somebody that mutual friends connected us and uh, just the interest the mutual interest wasn't there and I I don't like looking back on it I don't like the the mindset I was in when I was making these posts um, because I I want to when I create I want to create out of a place of wholeness Okay. And not bitterness okay, or brokenness. But pausing for okay. just a second in that. Creativity can be very therapeutic. Sure. And so 100%. I think part of what you were going through at that time and even what you created was part of your Healing. processing right. of what you had I, been through. I guess like and if you I'm just go- did it in the con- you just did it in the way that you do. Right. Like so cuz cr- I never would have taken it that way. Sure. Creating can creating is absolutely healing. But there's a difference between creating and publishing. Okay, very true. You know, like I, like there's journal entries I have yes. and jokes that I have that I'll never post publicly, mm-hmm. right? Because I want to refine it to, you know, edge it out. <laughs> Hello. Muted it on my phone. <laughs> yeah, no, you're good. Um, so I wish I would have paused before I published on some of these, Mm -hmm. but it is what it is. And I didn't say anything that got me fired or made me (laughs) lose my credentials. So we're fine. (laughs) Um, So what I did was basically it was, so I had that year long relationship, a year where I was single and then two dates and then me and her didn't work out. And I was in a place of frustration. And so I just took, everything that I've heard over the past six years of being single overall. And I just, I first, they were one-off posts that I did here and there, Mm -hmm. but then the biggest response, 
and there was some response to those. Um, my favorite one was from Pastor Phil, <laughs> and we were in a meeting. So Pastor Phil, he's the leader of all the churches in the Illinois Assemblies of God, and he's my boss. And we were in a meeting, and he he looked over to me and he asked me a question, and he started off the question. He said, "He said Zach, as a single person," and then he paused. And then I'm I'm waiting, like, well, are you going to ask a question? And then he said, hold on, I'm trying to word this carefully so I don't end up in one of your posts. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, that's how you know, like, I struck, that's how you know you've made a point is when yeah, <laughs> people yeah. are like, you struck, like, I put the fear of God uh-huh. <laughs> in you because you know. Okay, but that's, but that's a good thing, too. Like, we need to think about those people things. People are are looking to, and so I would say the reaction was mostly positive, but then the pushback came and it wasn't like, it was definitely minority, I would say, Mm -hmm. but pushback came when I took, so basically I made like, let's see how many, one, two, three, four, five, six. I made six different posts over the course of a month. And then I made one post where it put them all together. Mm -hmm. Right. And then that's the one that got the biggest reaction, and thus that's where some of the pushback came. And so we can go over one of these one by one do, if you want. Uh, let's do it. I think okay, the first good. one. So things. So it's called things said the singles. Um, number one, being single is awesome. Don't waste your single years. So basically, the format of all these posts is I take the thing that's said, and then I have a smart aleck response to it. <laughs> and I, so being single is awesome. Don't waste your single years. To which my response was, it's, this is usually said by people who've been married since their early 20s. Like, what years are you talking about? Junior high? Give me a break. <laughs> okay, but you're not wrong. Right. And so, I, so this is one of the ones where there was some pushback on that one from – and even one of the, I don't want to say her name. I'll sh- I'll show you the name of the person <laughs> on my phone, but I'm not going to s- say publicly who it was. And I'll I'll read you her response to me. Um, but this is a mutual. I don't know if you guys are really friends, but mutual acquaintance. Okay. At least. Uh huh. And so this is what she said. Being someone who, yes, got married in my early 20s, but was also single until I dated my husband, there is still truth in some of these statements. God knows exactly what you need when you need it. And what I was going to say was it's not even necessarily that the statement itself is a problem. Right. It's how it's presented to you right. and and the context of, right. of, of that statement being made. Mm-hmm. That's the issue. Right, and, that, and, this is, and that's what I try to explain to her. Or this is what I said to her um, initially. I said, there's absolutely an element of truth in all these statements. And they can certainly be helpful, but only in a particular context. After several years and a degree of heartbreak, they don't mean anything anymore. When people say these things, this is what single people want to say. Show these to your single friends and, and see. I'm simply trying to help married people understand how their advice comes off. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's like something can be true, but that doesn't mean that it's helpful. It's it's well, it goes back to the old adage that it's not necessarily what you say; it's how you say it. Right. And and like you and I were talking about that, I had just recently, just this weekend, did a funeral, mm. a, a very tough situation, and I could have come off very trite and yeah. Christiany in what I said, <laughs> you know, and that's what I wanted to avoid. And that's kind of what you're putting out here. Don't just tout this stuff, right? You know. So another one. Uh, This is one that I've been really thinking about a lot lately (laughs) was God will, people might not say this word for word, but they communicate this idea. God will bring you a spouse when you're ready. I've been guilty of saying that Mm. and reading that and then having a friend that went through a season that we had this conversation and we had hard conversations around this that made me realize I need to shut up. Yeah. Like that, that's not helpful in any way, shape or form, mm-hmm. because then what it does is it tells you you're not good enough. Right. And that's so not what I meant. Right. But man, it doesn't matter what I meant because right. well, that's how it was received. And oh, gosh. And it's just annoying when like there's guys that I look at 
And I'm like, really? They got married before me? (laughs) (laughs) And in in some ways, it's like, well, that gives me encouragement. But then on the other hand, it's like, okay. (laughs) Well, but then on the one hand, it's like, okay, God, if this is really true, like, you deemed them worthy of finding their person. What am I do? What are they doing that I'm not? Or what am I doing that they're not? You know? And here's something else, like something that I've heard people say about marriage is marriage, your spouse is a, is a tool that God uses in your sanctification. Right? Like you. Well, it's iron sharpening iron. Right. Like you are more Christ-like and you are closer to Christ, hopefully because of your spouse. Well, that, again, that would you go know, back to iron sharpening right. iron. That when you're in relationship, that kind of relationship especially, you want to encourage growth and you want right. to urge and push one another towards God's purposes individually and, and as a married couple. Right. So. so if God uses your spouse to sharpen you, then obviously you had you weren't a perfect full human being. Sure. Right. And so it's like, well, you weren't, were you ready. just, so were you good enough? Like you were ready enough for marriage, but just not perfect yet. Or it's like, you know, so it's one of those things. Oh, and, even and also like, other... it makes it like a work based faith too. Yeah. Where it's like, I earned the right for God to bring me a spouse. And also that takes, that's taken away all the responsibility from you. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's like nobody who's, Nobody gets married accidentally. Right. You know. Well, unless you, you're you, Ross you, and Rachel on Friends. You know? <laughs> I haven't seen Friends. But, okay. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> but I'll take your word for it. But most people don't get married on accident. People in, like, now you no, might, right. you might get married without thinking about yeah. it. But you... You made a decision. You made a decision where it's like, I want to get close to this person right. as a friend. Right. And then you said, okay, I want to transition this friendship to a romantic relationship. Right. And then I want to transition this romantic relationship to a committed marriage. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, God didn't, like, do I believe God can be like, hey, this person's going to be your wife one day or your husband one day. I've heard sure. those stories. I've seen it happen. You know, that's cool. That it, That's how it worked for you. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's the <laughs> That's the definitely norm. not the norm. Mm-hmm. And even then, even if God said, hey, this is going to be your spouse one day, you still have to talk to the person. Yeah. And you still have to cultivate a relationship with them. Like, I mean, in our society, we're not talking about, you know, arranged marriages. Here. Right. We're talking, yes, we're talking about relationships. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. So that's one thing that has really been egging me lately. <laughs> but uh, another one I said was, you'll find a spouse when you stop trying. And this is related to the idea. I'm like, call me crazy. I doubt anyone has built a healthy romantic relationship by not trying. <laughs> Yeah, right. When yeah. I read that one, I was like, ooh, touche. Yeah. You know, like, because, hello, that would be, you have to, it, every relationship, but specifically marriage, dating to marriage, you requires to. intentional, right. purposeful, you know, um, actions and choices and, mm-hmm. and, you know, those building blocks going into place. So, right. Here's another one that, um, again, with all these things, people mean well. Sure. You I know? think that's important to put out there that. And and that's something that I that I, I did mean... communicate, but some people didn't hear me when I said this. I said, oh. people mean well when they say these things. Yeah. You know, it's, so here's another one that uh, do all the things you want to do now while you're still single <laughs> or like that idea. Because when you get married, when it's you impossible get married, to do anything. Right. <laughs> and when you get married and have kids. but here's It the, does make it harder. I will tell you right. that. And, and so this <laughs> is the one that I got the mo- most pushback on. When somebody commented on it, they're like, that's still true. That's still good advice. Or you'll, you'll, you'll know the truth of these statements when you do get married. And that's what things people said to me on 
this post. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they didn't say it on the post. Sometimes someone shared it, and then I saw a conversation happening on that post. And then I would invite myself and be like, hey, how hey, about you talk to the guy that made I this post? I was just going to say, but you're the one that made the post. So. <laughs> right. So that's that was fun talking to complete strangers, strangers. right? <laughs> Where they're talking about me, and I'm like, hey. But this was my response. And I'm like, married people, when you say this, it makes marriage sound like the worst thing ever. Yeah, I remember reading that. I'm like, I understand priorities change when you get married and have kids, but a fulfilling and exciting life is possible married or single. I believe that because I've seen it done. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I hate the image that people talk about where, and this is normally more for guys than girls, I would say, but they, people talk about, marriage to guys as like a shackle or as like the ball and chain. Well, and I've heard it the other way around where it's the woman who's the ball and the chain. Is that what you're saying? Yes. That's what I'm saying where it's like a guy is. Yeah. That infuriates me. Right. It's like, it makes it sound like, why am I horrible? Right. Is every wife the worst thing on the planet? Right. And we're not all Job's wife. Right. Exactly. (laughs) And it's like, why would any guy, want that and and why would any single person want that and when and i understand again do priorities change absolutely Absolutely. right but like as a single guy i can pretty much for the most part do whatever i want when Mm -hmm. i want Mm -hmm. you know as long as i'm doing my job as long as you know you've still got responsibilities my bills are paid (laughs) as long as like my mom and brother are good like we're fine but I, when I get married, hopefully it's, I'm not going to say hopefully, I know. If I do get married, this person's going to be a blessing to my life, not a curse. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, I, I'm not saying hopefully, I will be I, a blessing right, to her right, life. Right. And we both, like the whole idea of, you know, I was talking to one of our mutual friends, Christina Stanley. Mm-hmm about this and she was talking about this post and I and she was talking about how before she met her husband Chris that she was totally cool with being single mm-hmm. and I said to her I said yeah but there was a point where you were looking at Chris and you're looking at your relationship with him and you're like I would rather have this than be single even though you're totally cool with being mm-hmm. single you looked at your now spouse before you made them your spouse and said, I want this life with them. Why did you make that decision? And it's, and her words, and I've heard other people say this, I communicate this idea. It's like, I I knew that my life, as good as it was, it would be better with them. We would make a better impact on the world together. It would be more fun to be married to them, you know, rather than being single. I'm like, okay, that's, that's what I'm looking for too. Right. It's just harder to find after a certain age, right? Okay. So do you have something else on there? Um, I have one. Go for it. The dark one. The dark. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, and I made this the last one. Um, and, the, and just to be frank, this is one you've said to me. Uh, see, this is why, but this is good conversation because I, I want to be better, Zach. I yeah, want to be and, better. And look, I'm not mad at oh. you. I'm not mad no, at anybody. No, I know, but I'm ready right. to crawl under the desk So right God now. knows the desires of your heart. Again, that's so not a wrong statement, but right. it's also uh, like none of these so are in, none of these helpful. are inherently <sighs> wrong. I'm just living in the gray area of Thanks this. for telling me what I already right. knew, but I said, you know, <laughs> right. thanks for well, nothing. Well, and this is what I said. This is my smart aleck response, and this is why I said this is the dark one. I said, Yeah, I know God knows the desires of my heart. I also desire for my dead dad to be alive and my disabled brother to be healed. I'm not denying God's goodness and his ability to bless, but I also accept that you don't get everything you desire. You know? Yeah. And that's like super real. But, you know? but, I, but you have to be willing to do that. And, and those of us on this side have to be willing to hear that and go, yeah, you know, that's, you're right. You're right. And even, even those of us on this side probably have things that we've prayed for and desired that hasn't come to fruition. So again, do I think that there's truth in that statement? Like you already said, yeah, there's Mm -hmm. an element of truth in all of these, but is it helpful in the moment? And something that I have kind of been, uh, it's been, it's not revelatory, but also just kind of has helped shape 
the last couple of years for me is just because something's good doesn't mean it's right. right. So that statement isn't a bad statement, but that doesn't mean it was right in the way it was presented or the timing of it right. being presented. And so um, we have to have these conversations or it's never going to get better. Right. You know, and, and we have to take um, – we have to give people space. This is something that's really been on my heart for the last month. Like we have to give people space for the hard conversations, for the wrestling, for the doubts, Mm -hmm. for the questions. And we as a church fail miserably in that. We just want to say the things that you've said, or, well, that's just the way God does it. Mm -hmm. And, And we end it. Well, that's, God wants us to want to know more. Right. God wants us to want to feel safe enough to come to him with our struggles and as a body, you know, we're supposed to be the family of God, right? So why are we not wrapping our arms around one another in the middle of that? And instead of being, you know, very superficial and Christian-y with mm-hmm. our responses, why aren't we saying, hey, man, I'm just sorry that, that, that you're – I'm just sorry it's not what you wanted. Right. And Not that that's super helpful either, but that it's just an emp- empathetic right. response that's just like, you're hurting and struggling in right. this and you want something more. I, I'm sorry. I right. wish – and, and this is one of the, my, when you approached me about talking about this topic, my main concern with me was I don't want to come off as bitter against women sure. or against married, married people, people or the church or like I, you know, there's, I, I wanted to get into this a little bit with you. Um, you know, there's a whole, when when I was hurting the most after my breakup with my long-term relationship, you know, when you're anybody who's hurting, whether you, it's a breakup or you lost your job or you had a loved one died, you start looking for answers. Right. right? That's just natural. And so in this season, like the, the church, you know, it's like, I'm not finding what I'm looking for here. I'm like, there's nobody here to date. And all my friends are married and they don't know what to say to me. Right. Like very true. You know what I mean? And I don't blame them for not knowing what to say to me. I don't know what to say to me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like if I do get married, I'm going to be the most helpful person to long-term single people. Right. Because I'm like, Hey, I've been there. You know? Mm -hmm. So when I was looking for answers, I, found there's a whole corner the online conversation when it comes to dating relationships mm-hmm. in the world is it's almost they pit, they pit women and men against each other mm-hmm. where content geared toward women is more like all men are this way right. and this is how to engage with them to fight against that mm-hmm. or then content geared toward men is more all women are this way we recommend not getting married and only using them basically for sex Mm. and not we recommend not having long-term relationships right because and this is mainly they're coming from the place of we'll look at the divorce laws and look at the effects of divorce on men and look like how financially screwed these guys are after a divorce and sort of like that's why we don't recommend marriage and i'm consuming this content you know how like people say like show me your friends and i'll show you your future right i would say the same is also true for the videos you watch on youtube the podcasts you listen to the books you read right like you everything you're being in either everything you consume is discipling you yes and it's either Good or bad. Yeah, either negatively or positively. Oh my gosh, this could be a whole other right, thing. 100%. We, could, we could go with this. And one. <laughs> this so there's TikTok videos, online articles, forum posts, YouTube videos, podcasts all geared toward men where it they have an extremely negative view on women. And they would never and they always say like, "Well, we don't hate women. We're just looking at the facts." And it's like, "Okay, but statistics just because something is a statistic doesn't mean that it tells the whole story. Right, right. You know, and it's completely, you guys are completely ignoring 
men's role in a divorce. It's like, okay, well, what did you do to make your wife want to get a divorce from you? But hey. Or vice versa, to be honest. Right. Like, you know. So, and I'm not saying like divorce laws are perfect. Like, I'm just saying no, you're, that. This is just the conversation. When, when I was consuming this content, I had an aha moment where I was vibing with some of it. I'm like, I've been hurt by women and I'm frustrated at the dating market and you guys are too. So I vibe with you. But then I had an aha moment when I was like, I don't want to be like any of these guys. Wow. I'm like, the, I'm like, okay, I don't admire these guys. I just relate to their pain. And some of the things that they're saying make sense, but then their conclusions I don't like, Yeah, you know, where it's like, okay, well, what am I supposed to pursue? Just making money and having fun. I'm like, want, and that's something people always say about signalists. It's like, well, you can do whatever you want. You can go travel and you know, it's, it's easier for, and I'm like, yes, that's true. But I'm like, I don't want to travel the world by myself. Well, I was just going to say easier in what ways though? Right. You know, I mean, easier to navigate the airport alone. Yes. Sure. <laughs> easier to enjoy what you're seeing Cheaper, and experiencing. Right. Right. Yeah. So no, there's, there's way more to it. Than right. Just... Like do I, it's one thing to travel the world, but what I'm looking for is a best friend mm. and a life partner and a ministry partner. And like, that's the person I want to make my wife and the mother of my kids. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I'm like, what would be more fun traveling the world by myself or traveling the world with this person that I don't know if they exist or not, mm. you know? And so some people might say, well, it's better to at least travel by yourself than you do it. I'm like, yeah, I might do it, but then it won't be fun because I'm by myself. And are you going to have moments of fun? Sure, but right. is it what you? But or am I going to be thinking the whole time, yeah. man? This would be way more fun if right. I had. Okay, that's that's a good point too. You know, yeah. So I don't know, but I'm I'm consuming this content, and I had this moment where I'm like, I don't want to live for the things that these guys are living for, and they're all none of them, all their experiences with women in marriage don't reflect the marriages that I admire in my life. Mm-hmm. And that's something else that's hard. It's like, okay, for guys, I, I was I sent you when we were talking about this before we started recording. You know, I I made a statement where it's like, I feel like single women are viewed as victims, while single men are viewed as losers. It's just, <laughs> and I and now it's hard, yeah. And because here's the thing: if you look up, oh, and let me pause because I know. Several single women in their fifties and sixties. Right. Never once have I looked at them as a victim of anything. Right. You know, so to think that that's actually something that's a mentality, that's an opinion that exists, mm-hmm. is mind-boggling to right. me. Because oh, anyway, I could. Well, and I'm not and, and what I mean by that is like when people look at a single woman, that's like, oh, like no one found you. you never, oh, I get you never what you're saying. Anybody. And then with a guy, it's like, well, what's wrong with you? I you mean, know? <laughs> I, I guess I don't, I guess because that's not where my mind goes. Right. And I'm it not saying everybody's my, like oh, that. I'm that. just saying that. like that, that's, that's a, how I feel sometimes. Well, but that's probably a very fair um, thing to consider that people are actually saying right and, it just blows and, my and mind no that one's that's what no one's saying. and no one's ever said zach you're a loser <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a girlfriend <laughs> and now like they might say that like sarcastic like you know teenagers might make a joke like right. that but like no one ever really means it but that they might not ever say that but there you, there is you feel it and there you uh, feel it like especially when like I'm in a setting and I am the only single dude there. You know what I yeah. mean? And you know, it it's it's and all the men I admire, all the men I want to be like, all the men that have mentored me either in ministry or my relationship with Christ or even in practical not saying like fallen Christ isn't practical. No, I know. But, no, but, but even right. in, you know, neutral spiritually uh uh Things outside of that, like taking care of a home, right. or financial right. mentors, or 
you know, guys who are muscular and strong. I'm like, I want to be like you. I'm like, all of them are married men with kids. I have never, I can't think of a single guy who I'm like, I want to be like you. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and single women, I feel like there's heroes of the faith that are single women. Sure. But I can't think of a, a single hero of the faith that's a single guy outside of Paul. <laughs> and, well, I mean, and Peter even, was married and... And and we're outside outside, yeah, outside outside of the, the Bible. Right, right, right. That's what I'm saying. Like I Can you think of anyone? A sing, a guy who was never married. Not off the top of my head, no. Right. And But I can think of several women. Yep. And now there's a little bit one, there's more women on this planet than men, and then if you look at the church, there's way more women <laughs> than men. Um and especially that thankfully the tide is changing in this, but a lot of women in your position who feel felt the call of the ministry, no church was ever going to hire you. And so you had no choice, but to be a missionary. I mean, for, or a children's pastor or a children's pastor. Right. Mm-hmm. And so at least it's like, okay, there's examples to follow both or and there's a lot of you (laughs) and then and also here's another thing is the con if you look up christian single singleness content it's mainly geared toward women and it's mainly by women for women and it's like i'm not gonna listen to a girl talk about singleness and be like, yeah. Right. Well, it's because it's not the same. <laughs> right. It's not, it's, are there, are there values and ideas sure. that overlap? Absolutely. But the, yeah. But, but the context isn't, isn't going to always relate. Right. Like I'm not going to listen to two blonde girl, girls talk about singleness. I like how you almost like, well, am I okay saying that you're right. okay? Like I'm not going to listen to that every week <laughs> and be like, let's encourage. And like they, their audience, even the way they talk, they're talking to women. They're not talking to guys. They can't speak okay, to I a guy's experience. I just thought of one guy, but, but he's a priest. <laughs> right. But yeah, I mean, like, that's you it. Know, that's all like, we have. And, and I wouldn't even <laughs> say that there's a lot of them. There's just one that I have, my, my dad turned me on to him. He's on Facebook and YouTube and stuff. And I just, oh my, not that I agree with everything he presents, sure. right? Because he's Catholic, but like I, I would have, a, I have a hard time believing this man is not spirit filled. Right. And I love listening to him. Yeah. I mean, I may not align with insights, everything. He brings insights yeah. in the scripture to yeah. you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, just even understanding, anyway, totally aside, but like, you're right. That's, yeah. All, you're we, right. We the have, all we have are priests. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, and it's nothing. Well, no, but at the same time, you're going through this and you're looking for somebody who gets it, somebody who's lived it well, mm-hmm. and and it's it's a struggle to find that. You know, a thought that I've had lately is when I've talked to God about this, you know, I hesitate to say God said this, but I I can confidently say this thought came to mind, whether it was from God or not. And it was, well, I can at least be that person for somebody else. Like, I feel like I'm in uncharted territory. Yeah, you're in a unique position. You know, and so it's like, if I can figure out a way to do this well, then other guys who are in my position, I can give them somebody to look up to, you know. And so it's it's just figuring out how to do it (laughs) because I feel like okay it's there's a difference between being a man of God and being a Christian male I would say uh yeah because you can be a guy who's a Christian and and you're a wuss and I I mean like in the faith (laughs) right you know you're not confident and strong in your relation you have a relationship with God but you never stay you never leave the shallow end right or are you a man of God who steps into what God has led you to and what he's called you to and you're bringing people along with you like my understanding of a man of God is a man is somebody and this is across history and across cultures like men are 
and here's the thing is like, can women like the virtues of a man I've heard summarized as like being brave, being strong, being confident, competent and being honorable. Now can women exhibit those virtues? Yes. But men are expected to yeah. exhibit those virtues. That's fair. Like, there are women who can outlift me in the gym, <laughs> but a woman's not expected to be strong. It's cool if you're well, strong. But it's a different aspect of strength. Exactly. Right. You know, because women are typically more emotionally strong right. mm-hmm. where men are more physically strong. Right. And so there's a there's a difference there. Right, for sure. Yeah. And so it's like Not um, that women can't be strong. Oh right. my gosh. Exactly. <laughs> you know, but it, here's the thing is like if like okay, if I'm arm wrestling a woman, <laughs> If I beat her, no one's going to make fun of her. No, but if she beat you, everyone's going to make you're fun gonna of You're going to be me. pounded in the ground. Right, exactly. So it's like there's this worldwide, history-wide Actually, expectation. Actually, if you arm-wrestled a woman, depending on who the woman was, most and you beat her, most people would still probably beat you into the ground for <laughs> not being tender. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, right. that's a no. I'm sorry, that was a... Right, no, I, I get just it. Mean, like, as a man, like, you're right. There's, there's this whole aspect of strength... Right. Whether you're talking about emotionally or physically, mm-hmm. that um, it's it's almost a no win. Right. Exactly. So you know, and I, and I would say even to it's like God, and I think a man is so you're brave, you're strong, you're honorable, you're competent, and then you do those things by being protector, a, being a protector, being a provider, and being a leader. So it's like that's a man, and then a man of God is somebody who does those things, who has those virtues, but then you do it as a Mm spirit-filled individual who bears those fruit of the spirit, Mm -hmm. right? So it's like you're taking those both sides where it's like I'm led by God, I'm bearing the fruits of the spirit, but then I'm also a man. And I feel like the ultimate fulfillment of that is being a husband and being a father, and so it's like, okay, if I want to be a man of God, but then all I, the only things that I have on my stewardship map, <laughs> all my stewardships are, I'm a son, I'm a brother, I'm a friend, and I'm a content creator slash minister with the Illinois Assemblies of God. How do I, how am I a man of God in those contexts? And see, all I want to do is be like, man, don't limit. Right. Because there's so much more. For sure. And and I know it's, it's just not. Figuring I, right. It out. Well, and it's not even that like I right now, okay, not to like but also Pastor Phil, how do I say this that I, doesn't come across trite or puts me on a meme? Um <laughs> but like I know it's not the same as having a wife mm-hmm. and biological children. But as a mom, and I you know, I'm an emotional person, so I'm trying not to cry right now, okay. but as a mom of three boys who know you, mm-hmm. um, what you bring in value just by being in the same space that they're in at, at, at district events and ministry things, um, nobody can touch. Like, I know it's not the same. Right. I get it. Like, I, I really do. I 100% get that. You know, okay, but I want to do that for my own. Right. I get that. Um, but, like, I guess I just want to, I don't know if it's an encouragement or not. I don't know if this is one of those things that you just wish I would not say in no, the moment. No, I'm receiving But, like, it. there's so much more to being a man of God than just those things. Yeah. And you exhibit them well. well thank you. you. You give young people something to look at and look for. Mm-hmm. Um you model following Christ very well. And to me, that's a man of God. Cool. And so um, I understand your heart and where, where you're coming from. I mean, as much as I can understand why, no. you, why you said what you said about what you think a man of God is. Um, I just want to like throw that caveat in there that you're not wrong, right. but I think there's so much more. And, and there's you a way to do it. I mean, like we, we, you mentioned Chris and Christina earlier and that you do life with them. You have dinner a lot with mm-hmm. them, but also they've, I've been with them where they've left the kids with you because they trust you. They know you. And they also know that you're going to call a spade a spade. You're not going to take a sideline seat 
in their lives. You're in the thick of it. And that is so important as a parent. Um, and I know that's what you're, it's a convoluted muddy hole that I feel like I've just put myself in, but there's just so much more. And you, to me, uh, you exhibit those things very well. So, and I know that there is a way to do it. It's just figuring it out, you know, and it's, but it's, it's also okay, but this is the creating space for the wrestling and the conversation of it. How, you know, where do you fit in when this is what you really want? Where do you, where does it all come together when, this is what you hoped it would be. And not that it can't still be that, mm-hmm. but at this, at this stage, not thinking about the what ifs, how does that look right now? Right. You know, and I can't answer that other than just to say, what's I, God telling you to do? I think, well, I just, I and being faithful with what you do have. Yeah. But even that I'm on this side of it. And even that you saying it out loud, I'm like, but that, does that help you right now? I, it does to a, a degree. A degree. this conversation, right? This is only half of the conversation. Zach and I talked for a really, really long time. And so I was trying to decide how I wanted to do this. And I think I don't want anyone to have to wait for the rest of the conversation. So tomorrow there was going to be a bonus episode with the rest of my talk with Zach on Um, singleness and the church and the things that are said to singles. So please come back tomorrow, listen to the rest of it. And we, Zach and I would love to hear and read your responses and your thoughts. We've even thought maybe we would do a follow-up if you have things you would like to hear us talk about. So come back tomorrow and listen to the rest of the conversation As always, it matters so much to me that you take the time to listen. I don't take lightly the opportunity and privilege that it is that my voice is one that you want to hear. If that's really how you feel, then be sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Rate the podcast and the biggest compliment that you share it. See you back here tomorrow.